You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSE has opened its doors for another day and another week, albeit a short week. So it's time for the opening with Nick Kunzer from Sandland Private Wealth in Johannesburg. I don't know if I really want to endure a four-day weekend, Nick, because it just gives me four days more to worry. <laughs> Morning, Lindsay. Yeah, four days more to stress. But uh, don't stress, don't stress, don't worry. Yeah, everyone keeps saying that to me. Lots of of green on the screen this morning. It's not all doom and gloom today, Mm. certainly in the markets anyway. And we've got a positive, uh, apparently the curve is turning over in Italy and and, and some parts of Europe. So come on, let's have a a chipper, a chipper upbeat conversation this morning. Hurrah! Um, I was going to ask you, but I found found the answer. Because do you remember maybe um, three, four months ago when we used to wake up in the morning and there would be a headline saying, uh, Asian markets rise, uh, Europe expected higher because of trade war optimism. Then I thought to myself, oh, those are the days, eh? weren't they the days when we only used to have 0.4, up and then 0.4, down by the afternoon and 0.2% mainly unchanged by the close on the Dow or something like that. Those are the mm. simple days, the, the halcyon days of when we understood things. Now I was thinking to myself this morning, I thought, well, what is the reason for the S&P to be up 4% this morning? Is it because of the of peak corona in Spain and Italy? And it probably is. And then I looked for a sort of something that I can digest with my tiny brain. And I've actually found it. It is that. This morning it is because uh, there is a hope that in Italy and Spain, they have managed to contain it. Well, they've made it plateau. And maybe that model can be used and it will go around the world geographically. And the coronavirus is slowly being beaten. This is what I hope. We all hope that wonderful hope trade. Um, yeah, but but unfortunately, especially being a being on the markets like I am, I mean that's all we have at the moment to gauge on. We don't know where things are going. We don't know what earnings are going to be. We, in by all intents and purposes, there are no earnings. I mean, it's a country. Some some companies are shut and have not opened. There is zero earnings. So you, all we've got to grasp on is, is I mean, we all be, we're all becoming experts at the at the curve at the moment. So yeah, where what is, is the, the curve, curve going? Yeah. I used to, back in the old days, I used to look at like currencies and stuff. Now I look at curves to find out where I'm going to trade on the day. Well, if you're not, um, it's like doing yoga. If you weren't doing yoga ten years ago, and then you were nowhere. Now, if you don't know about the curve, then you're no one. Exactly, exactly. But um, it was actually last, I was, obviously the weekend papers are full of everyone trying to analyze what's going on in the markets. And the Financial Times uh, had quite a good uh, article on, they were saying like end of last week we had uh, Neil Rubini, also known as Dr. Doom, um, oh, yeah. giving quite an in-depth article about the end of the world and all the rest of it. Um, and nice. how that we're going to basically, everything's going to zero. And then the other side, we had a few of the other hedge fund managers who are reasonably well-respected in the industry giving the complete opposite view, saying, uh, you know, we're going to look through the cycle, the opportunities of a lifetime, et cetera. But I just wanted to highlight the point that ultimately no one actually knows. We don't know how this is going. You've got either one side painted extremely black or the other side painted extremely white and happy. We just don't even know where we're going to be, Lindsay. And uh, um, I think that needs to be taken into context. So we're literally trading every day as it comes. And uh, as I said this morning, uh, you know, is there hope, like you said? Is this, is this a hope trade? But I guess that's all we can do at the moment because the, 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 the facts and the fundamentals are almost being put a little bit to the side for now. Yes, they have. But the fundamentals are very real. And we'll come to the Woolworths trading update in a moment and the COVID-19 update. But give me the diary for the week, both corporate and macroeconomic data wise, please, Nick Kunza. 
Mm, okay, so Lindsay and, and listeners, we've got quite a busy week, actually. And ironically, the first headline I must say is that all these meetings are by video, which made me giggle when I read that. Um, so we have a couple of big video meetings this week. So um, oh, yeah. we've got the Eurozone, <laughs> Eurozone finance ministers. They're meeting tomorrow. Uh, they're all going to sit and try to figure out how to sort out what measures they needed to uh, restart this economy. Uh, then later on in the week, we should, and I say should, have an OPEC meeting. We're hoping a deal can be reached uh, between um, Russia and Saudi Arabia, and they're talking about cutting global supply. Uh, that meeting, incidentally, was originally planned for today, but it has been pushed back uh, to allow more time for negotiations as the Russians and the uh, doesn't sound and, good and the to Saudis. Me. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound good. Uh, on economic tap, uh, also a busy one, certainly in the U.S., uh, we have a report from the Labor Department on Friday. That's for uh, uh, CPI. That's a big one. Uh, that we're looking for a fall of 0.3% after having risen 0.1%. Yes. Uh, there'll also be a glimpse of what's going on in the brains of the Federal Reserve and the ECB. Uh, they're meeting, both meeting on Wednesday to release, well, sorry, they're both releasing on Wednesday their minutes of their latest meeting. So that'll be quite a good insight to what they're thinking. And of course, don't forget, Thursday is the now weekly regular horror show of our weekly unemployment numbers out of the U.S. Um, as we all know, um, anyone who watches the markets would have seen those shocking numbers. Uh, we shot to a record high of 6.6 million last Thursday. Lindsay, you spoke about it on your show. Uh, this Thursday, we're looking for, um, I say fall, but we're looking for 5 million in April 14th. And then what else we've got in the diary? We have, oh, end of the week, Friday, we've got some consumer sentiment numbers, Michigan sentiment uh, unfortunately, locally on the economic side, a couple of SENS announcements have been out. I see there's an upgrade of HSBC on cup holdings this morning. And other than that, Wednesday, we have business confidence numbers out of SA. But other than that, locally, it's quite a thin, thin diary. But that is your diary wrap uh, for the week. Stock exchange new service announcements this morning. The first one was from Woolworths. It came out at 7.05. And it says the following. The impact of the COVID-19 virus is being felt across all markets in which the group operates. The group is actively pursuing operational steps and considering strategic options to best mitigate the impacts of the crisis and to ensure the appropriate robust response in this developing situation. Nice little opening paragraph there. In other words, they're going to close down shops and sack people. Um, this update provides a perspective. Uh, health and safety of the people. Business performance. The temporary closure of non-food non stores um, decline in foot traffic and consequent loss of trade are likely to have a substantial impact on our earnings and cash flow. I mean, we know this, but well done for them coming out and saying it. It's just mm. to really try to quantify and put into real numbers, rands and cents, what substantial means. I think it could be quite substantial. I think it'd be very substantial. But if if you if you sort of dive through the sort of cut through the noise as we like to do in these uh, these these uh, the jargon that these companies throw at you, I took I took a couple of uh, positive caveats away from it. Yes. Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, clothing was obviously very weak in March, and that's to be expected. No one's out there buying clothes, but online sales incidentally increased quite sharply, as expected. Um, of so of, of, of non-food items, in other words, I mean, uh, well, whatever, oh, non-food items as well. But just generally, they just they, they sort of sort of packaged it as one and just said online sales have increased, okay. which I thought was quite an interesting one. That uh, certainly showing that if you if you need to survive in this modern post-coronavirus South Africa, you got to follow the lead of what's happening overseas, and I guess become more and more online. I mean, if you don't have an online presence, I think you did in this retail business at the moment. So that was quite interesting for me, um, and I saw. 
But uh, SA food sales increased 28% in March um, as everyone started yes. panic buying. But obviously, that's going to normalize. Uh, what should normalize anyway? 27.6% was the increase uh, on the prior comparable period compared to a growth of 7.5% in the preceding nine months of this nine weeks of the second half. Yeah, so people were stocking up. I just wonder whether that will, mm. will temper itself or if there is, for example, another extension of the lockdown period in South Africa, which is currently a, a fairly paltry 21 days. What, what is the noise out there? Is, is it that everybody is going to mm. endure another month or 21 days? That, that seems to be likely, doesn't I think, it? I think, I think everyone, like, everyone has conversations and we're all, we're all stuck in our bunkers here, Lindsay, but everyone has conversations on our, on our conference calls are all sort of uh, the, 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 the general theme is, you know, we're going back to work on the 21st, but the minute you put down the phone and you speak to someone one-on-one, they're all going, that ain't going to happen. No. We, there's no ways we can go back on the 21st. So the public persona is, yes, well done, 21 days, it will get out the way. But I think generally the, the private persona is I think it's unlikely if you follow what's happening around the rest of the world. If you actually want to make this work, you might need to squeeze another week or so out of it. The only problem is I don't know how many businesses have got another week or two left in them, certainly in the South African context. I think uh, I, I listened to a... Um, uh, an interview uh, with the Edcon, uh, Grant Patterson, on uh, over the weekend, yeah. <clears throat> and it wasn't the Money Web one; it was an, it was another one, uh, or Money Show one. It was another one that he did. Um, and I mean, that those two weeks that they were shut down, they lost seven hundred and fifty million in sale in, in revenue just for the two weeks. I mean, they did in the order. They cannot pay anyone. They cannot pay as much as we said they, you know, that they need to pay their their, their tenants. They've got no money. Just closing down a day or two in these marginal retail space in South Africa is a disaster. To close down for three weeks, they're over. It's game over. Um, so I don't know if – I mean, I guess the question, and that's a question for economists. I'm not an economist, but can South Africa afford to shut down longer than 21 days? I don't know. Time will tell, I guess. Yes, uh, there we've got five minutes to the opening. Let's have a look at a couple of other – let's look at a couple of other SENS announcements. Telcom SA – and Moody's downgrades telecom in line with sovereign rating. In other words, almost saying, well, you know, we're the same as everybody else, so it's not going to affect our, our share price. And they're, pro they're probably right. Yeah, Moody's mm. has to downgrade. I heard from somebody that if you downgrade the sovereign rating, the country itself, then mm. you have to downgrade mm. uh, parastatals, state-owned enterprises, and, and also banks. You can't have a bank that has a higher rating, uh, investment rating than the country itself. That's what I heard anyway. I mean, these people are brainy. No, no you're right. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they Clever than you and I, but it doesn't make sense. But interestingly, why we on this why we on this topic? Um, a lot of uh, talk now about who's next. Um, I, I must actually find the article. I'll send it to you about who is next. Now that obviously South Africa has been rated junk, and there and there were a lot of other companies that were downgraded on that Friday afternoon too. A lot of the other emerging markets got the got the sort of downgrade Fitch notch. Um, but the question is now who's next? And I mean, there's a lot of rumours about about Italy possibly being eventually going below sub-investment grade. Uh, and that's like the third biggest uh, bond market in the world. So that's the next question now. And then also on the back of that, um, IMF, who, who I, I think it's only a matter of time. It's not it's not, uh, it's not, not our house Sundam view. It's my own view, but I, I think it's only a matter of time before South Africa could pick up the phone to the IMF, I would have thought. Um, but the IMF coming out and saying that they had, they had a, a trillion dollars available in loans trillion dollars that's not enough through 
Well, how much? Well, I was going to say that, Lindsay. How much do you think? How many requests do you think they had for? They've had ninety-three, I think, haven't they? Something like that. Well, 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 they've had the total request is three trillion. So that, I mean, it's three times more than the IMF have available. That, that countries are now scrambling, saying, "Begging bowl, we need help. We need help through this." So. Yeah, I guess it's again begs the question: Who's next for the downgrade? I'm just looking. I just see something about there have been 93 countries, which amounts to um, about three right, trillion. Yeah. And we're at the back of the queue, obviously. We're we're waiting right. while the other people get processed. I mean, unless they well, prioritise these this things. Morning, of I don't know if you maybe when you, I think while we're on the phone, you wouldn't have seen it, but um, we I see we got a, a billion about a billion dollar. Uh, sorry, a billion rand loan from uh, the BRICS bank gave to the so New I Development Bank. Yes, exactly. Yes, mm. that's, mm. That, that's which is not, I mean, it's not even, but it's not even a number. I mean, fifty million dollars. It's I don't even know what you do with that, quite frankly. Gosh, is it really that low? Fifty million dollars, one billion, mm. one billion in the old days used to be really a, a billion, and you'd be you'd be yeah, jumping it's not even hoops. a number. It's like a basic, like a basic hedge fund manager's salary. Not even a number. What was employees uh, take pay cut to due to COVID nineteen to support employees, which is something I didn't read in the trading statement and COVID nineteen update this morning. Uh, Woolworths executives, um, uh, well done to them because uh, it's a lot more than certain football clubs in the UK are, are doing, which has caused an uproar, especially Liverpool, because Liverpool apparently are taking the adva- taking advantage of the government's "we'll pay eighty percent of your wages" uh, story, and that includes their I think, well, I don't know if it includes their top stars, but it certainly includes all their staff. And people are saying, well, just for goodness sake, if you're earning 100,000 quid a week and you're an OK footballer, give 50,000 back and just maybe maybe eke out a living on a million rand a week. I saw a comment. I actually nearly I had to laugh when I read it. It was, it was Wayne Rooney because he's quite... I think he's got a little bit of a militant feel about him. Well, he was brought up in, in Merseyside, for goodness sake, kicking a tennis ball against a brick wall. Exactly. He's definitely left-leaning. Definitely left-leaning. But but he came out and said in the, in the press of the weekend, he said like, he's, he's at the forefront. Mm. He's saying this is ridiculous. We're not taking any pay cuts. And he said, I've got some good authority. He said a lot of the footballers playing in the premiership still with their mum, apparently, which I find a little bit Sorry, I missed you there. You, you still frankly. live with their mum. I still live with their mum in council flats, quote unquote. That was Mr. Rooney said at the weekend. So I'm not sure which premiership footballers live with their mum in council flats, but I think he's about about 50 years out of date, quite frankly. I've seen some videos of these footballers in in places that look a little bit more salubrious than council flats. I've seen them saying, and they have they had this thing, oh, how are footballers keeping fit? I mean, it's so important. And, and they would be playing, they'd be inventing games and doing tricks with balls and everything like that. But it, I don't know, I've lived in a council flat before in England, in, in a galaxy far, far away. And my council flat didn't look like some of the places I saw. Nah, not at all. I was the same as you, my first, my first stint over in the UK, you know, 25 years ago, I was in a council flat in Hackney Wick of all places. Bad I was going to get murdered it. I thought I was going to get murdered every time I walked to the tube station. Anyway, that was also in a galaxy far away. Mm. <laughs> okay, we're probably on the opening now. This is probably the yeah, opening. Yeah, you got some prices as well. Do you yeah, want some prices? Yeah, give, give me some, some opening prices, yeah. the opening salvos. Okay, as so say. opening prices, one minute in, one minute in. We have a nice Monday here. Top 40 tradables up 3% currently at the moment. Well done. Uh, the all share is currently up 2.68%. The first snapshot we've got, we've got the likes of Richemont up 5 and a quarter percent BHV Billiton up 6% currently. Uh, ABSA, the bank's having a good day, 3% up on ABSA. NUSP was up 2.78%. Uh, 
Sassel, despite the uh, the weaker oil price this morning, which which I think is telling a story on its own, uh, forty one rand fifty two, up four percent on the session. So overall snapshot is plenty of green on the screen. Can't even see much red. Vodacom down two and a half percent. That's about, the, and Telcom down point seven two, maybe off that. Uh, Yes, exactly. Uh, that, 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 that lame mm. attempt to say, well, everybody else has got it, so why shouldn't we have it as well? And it won't affect our share price. What about mm. Woolies? What's Woolies doing, please? Uh, Woolies are 2.2% at Very the moment, 27.42. Okay, let me give you the spot prices. Um, 15 minutes delayed. 19.16 is the dollar rand. The British pound against the rand is 23.47. The euro rand is a disastrous all-time low of 20.71. The euro dollar is 108.10, which is barely changed. On Friday in the United States of America, the Dow Jones was down 361 points or 1.7%. 21,052 was the close, but that is now not meaningless, but certainly has been pushed aside because the Dow Jones futures are currently up nearly 4% or 800 points. Long may that continue. We need some stabilization somewhere. Although the RAND doesn't seem to be caring about the international markets at the moment, Nick, it seems to be going it alone. Risk on, risk off. The RAND is risk off. The rand is very much risk off, and in fact, the sort of so to look at the Turkish lira, the Russian ruble, if the other EM currencies, uh, this is very much. Even though they are down about a quarter percent, this is very much a rand play. At one point, down almost one half percent at its weakest. So yes, this is a rand play. Surely, got to bounce back soon. Surely, something will happen. Surely, someone will come up with something. Surely, someone will. A deep value currency investor will say, "No, let's take this rand just for a, a three-month punt." Please let that happen. The Tokyo market this morning up four and a quarter percent. That's the Nikkei. The Shanghai index down 0.6. Hang Seng up 2.2 percent. Australia up four and a quarter percent. Nice moves there. Commodities, gold, very nice indeed. Thank you very much. 16.24 up uh, six and two thirds dollars or 0.4%. Platinum is a 7% mover to 731 dollars an ounce or nearly a percent. Where's Palladium, please, Nick? Yeah, Palladium uh, down 1%. So bucking the trend currently. 21. 65 at the moment. 21.65. And crude oil. Give me the crude oil. I've got 70 different grades of crude oil on my screen at the moment, and they're rather blurred. I don't know which one to look at. Okay, well, let's look at this one. They're actually quite well off their lows. At one point, West Texas was down about 5%. So mm. West Texas, the most traded one, is, is down 1.91% at the moment, 27 let's call it $28 a barrel. <clears throat> and, North, and, and Brent currently 1.5% down. Uh, at uh, $33.60. As okay. I say, they are fighting back because they were quite a bit lower earlier on. Okay, the R186 uh, South Africa 10-year bond yield is currently yielding exactly what it was on the close on Friday. Maybe people just are trying to work out what to do with the week around, but also the risk on in the international equities markets anyway. 11.45%. Have you got anything more contemporary than that one? 11.45%. Is that it? That's where it is, yeah. Okay. In that case, Nick, this is the proper opening. I know the opening trades are not the most representative mm -hmm. of what's going to happen in the rest of the day. So give us a quick update on the, 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 the top five up and down on your screen, and then we'll go mm -hmm. to the indices. Yeah, let me just let me just add as well, something to keep an eye on. So the S&P futures are currently up 3.7%. Uh, the number on that is 2,574. So if it trades at 2,601, so that is, call it 33 points away, uh, that's when it locks for limit up. So just to, that's a, something to keep an eye on. It's been a while since you saw a limit up day on this thing. But that yeah, is what indeed. everyone's watching at the moment. All right, so uh, let's look back. Let's go back. 
bit back a bit more local. So top uh, up and down movers on the day so far. So we are currently six minutes in. We have, uh, let's see, on the downside, we have impact down. No, let me get this right. We have Metropolitan uh, down 9.03%. Impact percent. Tiger Brands down 2.06%. We have Meta Investments down one5 Mm. Um, and Supergroup done one and a quarter. So nothing too much in that. But on the upside, it's a very different story. Nampak up uh, 13% on the day. Kura Holdings, that's been, that one's been hiding for a while. That's up 11% on the day. Transaction Capital up 9.68%. We have Peregrine up 658 And Platinum currently up 6.25% at 82 rand 86 very good. Just looking at a couple of the headlines over the weekend. Um, this morning's headlines are just filtering through on my screen anyway. Africa could lose 20 million jobs due to the pandemic, according to the African Union. There's two things I'd say about that. If you look at South Africa, so many people are unemployed and so few people are employed. I don't think the unemployment rate will, will fall that dramatically, as in other countries that have more people employed, if you see what I mean, in a perverse sort of way. And I like this one from the from the 4th of April, which was when? Um, Saturday. Mm. British American Tobacco, South That's Africa. Silly, yeah. yeah. British American Tobacco, South Africa, urges government to lift cigarette sale van. Yeah. They're real humanitarians, these chaps at BAT. <laughs> I also saw that, but it was also on. I don't know if you recall on the first of April, so April Fool's Day. Mm. There was a story running that they had come with some sort of I don't know in, inhale that could open up the lungs to uh, for this coronavirus. Uh, but yeah, you I see, that's, see that's more the, feedback the, on that because that was that was attributed. That's naughty. But that was attributed to the bounce on the day, and I could have sworn it was an April Fool's joke, but apparently not. Anyway. <laughs> Okay, uh, just one other thing. If there is going to be extension of the lockdown period, which it seems inevitable in South Africa, do you think that there will be almost like a two-day open season? The government will say, if you need um, cigarettes or alcohol or anything else that's not available or hasn't been available for for 21 days, we're going to allow certain strategically placed shops to, to open. I can't see it happening because of logistically it would be disastrous people would then descend on these stores you're going to have to go another month with uh, some of the things that you have previously liked mm. no i don't see it opening up my, my gut says to me we get another week i'll say it's been 21 days and by all intents and purposes quite a heavy-handed close i mean there are there are sort of uh, images doing rounds of, of sort of heavy-handed police and, and the, the siphon defense force um on the streets i say we probably get another another week of it and i think that's it it'll be a month i I just i just don't think the economic ramifications of a country like south africa with uh, all intents and purposes north of 30 40 percent unofficial rates of employment i don't think that we can afford or certainly people that living in 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 lesser places than we are uh, within this country can afford to have no food and no and no money i I just i don't see that happening but i do i do agree with you Lindsay. i think we'll probably uh we might squeeze another week out of this, I think. Nick, thanks so much for your analysis this morning. That was the opening. Nick Kunzer is from Sunland Private Wealth. He'll be back with me for the five o'clock shadow S&P as we close up 3.83% and the R186 10-year government bond in South Africa, four and a half basis points, weaker at 11.48 and a half. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or 
or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.